I promise you, if you set out today to learn all you could about Christ and to emulate Christ in your life, you'd be busy the rest of your life. Because Christ is this indescribable, unspeakable gift. We're never going to fully understand or be able to describe all that Christ means to us. Last week we looked at John 14, 6 where he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. So even though you and I can't adequately describe who Jesus, all that Jesus is, and what he means to us, we can go to Scripture. And we can read in Scripture about how Jesus describes exactly who he is and what he should mean to us. Last week we looked at the way, he's the opportunity. We looked at the truth, he is our certainty, and the life, he is our expectation. This morning we look down at verse 12. And here is Christ, the gift that keeps on giving, describing a little bit more about who he is and all that he means to us. Here's what I'm afraid of today. I'm afraid of one of the the most tragic ideals in Christianity is that we look at Christ merely and solely as our spiritual fire insurance. That when we describe Christ and what Christ means to us, It simply is encapsulated in, it's because of Jesus that we don't have to go to hell, and thanks be to God for that. I'm thankful that right there at the top of the list, I'm thankful for my Savior and for what he did to redeem my soul from sin, from hell, and for heaven. But boy, that's not all. He is an unspeakable gift. There's so much more to Jesus than what we describe him as and what we think of him as, and unfortunately, what we learn about him as. I mean, he tells us so many times in Scripture exactly who he is and what he means to us, and yet so often we never fully understand it or try to embrace what Christ means to us. I think about the song, I meant to get the hymnal up here today and read it for you, the song Joy Unspeakable. What does it say? The half has yet to be told. All of the grace, the joy, it's unspeakable, all that Jesus means and all that Jesus is to us, it's nothing that we'll ever be able to fully describe. And yet we can take Jesus at his word, can't we? When he describes who he is in verse number 12, he gives us two things that I want you to look at this morning. We're going to continue on with the thought of unwrapping the gift of God and this morning we're going to unwrap just two more right here in verse number 12 and let's jump into it if we could. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So last week we saw where Jesus says, look, I'm not just your fire insurance. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And now he says he is something else. He says, I am the light of the world. Now what does that mean? Boy, you begin thinking about what a light is and what a light does and what a light means. We could have thousands of different uh, definitions on that this morning. I'm thankful for light. I'm thankful you can, well, I'm not really thankful you can see me because you're probably not thankful for that, but I'm thankful for light that we can see our Bibles. We could all agree with that this morning, right? Thank God for that. Thank God when we all leave church tonight, because we're all going to be here tonight, when we all leave church tonight, we'll turn on our headlights. It's a whole lot easier to drive with headlights, isn't it? I'm thankful for that. I don't think that's what Jesus is getting at, that he is the light of the world just so that we can see things. I want to generalize it, if we could, this morning for the little bit of time that we have and think about this idea that no matter how you use light, light always makes a difference, doesn't it? No matter what aspect you use it in, whether it's for reading or for driving or for looking for something, light always makes a difference. 
And now here is the Lord Jesus Christ saying, I want you to know something else about me. I am the light of the world. What is he saying here? Well, he's simply meaning that Christ makes the difference. Number one this morning, as we look at Christ and unwrap the great gift of God, the free gift of God in Christ Jesus, he wants us to know a little more about him. That even though he's an unspeakable gift and we'll never be able to fully describe all that he means to us, he does want us to understand that he is the light. And what light does is light makes a difference. So what do you mean by that? Well, I want you to think about this if you're saved today. If you could describe the difference in who you are now that you're saved and who you were before you got saved, could we not describe it as a daylight and dark difference? Could we not describe the change that Jesus brought to your life when he saved your soul? The Bible said, old things were passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That's a daylight and dark difference. You were once, if you're saved today, on your way to hell. Now you're on your way to heaven. Daylight and dark difference. Thank God for that. There was the time that Satan was your spiritual father. And now God Almighty, who sits sovereignly on the throne of heaven, is your father. You see, the light makes a difference, does it not? Think about it this way. Uh, Years ago, I traveled out to the Rockies. And uh, I'm thankful for the Smokies. uh, But there's a reason they call them the Little Smokies, right? All right, that was a sausage joke. You didn't get it, okay? I just thought you were going to get that. It's holiday season. I thought you'd get the little smokies. Okay, swing and a miss. All right, I'll try again with another joke here in just a few minutes. You have the little smokies, and I'm thankful for the little smokies. Some of you are just getting it. I see your face. All right, the delayed reaction will work. But if you ever see the Rockies, the Rockies or the Rockies, we're going out west to see the Rockies, and we're driving through Nebraska and Kansas. I don't know what the Lord has against those people, but he can give them a whole lot. Sunflowers and corn, that's about it. At first, you're driving through Nebraska and driving down the road. You say, look at all of the sunflowers. And about your 500th mile of sunflowers, you're over it. You're done. I don't need to see any more corn or sunflowers. And it got dark around Nebraska and Kansas. And we're driving through. It got dark. And we're on our way to Colorado somewhere in there. And we get to the place we're staying that night and pull in and unload the car and go to bed. Next morning, I wake up, and I'm going to make some coffee, and I go to the kitchen there, to the Airbnb, and I walk over to the window, and I look out the window, and there are the Rockies. I didn't see them coming in. When I came in, I just thought, man, this place is about as boring as Kansas and Nebraska is, and then suddenly, when I looked out the window, we were in Colorado, the sun had come up, and that light had revealed the Rocky Mountains, and oh, what a difference the light made. Now, folks, can I, can I tell you something this morning? Light will change your perspective. Does it not? Light will change your perspective. Man, I didn't realize how beautiful the world was until the sun came up and illuminated all of that. And that's what Jesus says he is. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Look, you invite Christ into your life and the light of Christ into your life, he'll change your perspective. And I tell you, my perspective on life is a whole lot different now that I'm saved and now that I've received Christ than before. Oh, look, I understand this morning, this world's gone haywire. You try to raise your kids right, there's something wrong with you. You try to have rules for your children in your home, you're a weirdo, all right? I mean, right has become wrong and wrong has become right. And no wonder the lost world acts the way they act. Boy, I tell you, saved people ought to act different. Why? We have a new perspective. You know where our perspective came from? 
Man, look, the lost world, this thing is going downhill, and man, doom and gloom everywhere. And yet for the Christian, the Son of God has risen in our hearts, and oh, what a new perspective he gives us. People are talking about it's the end of the world. It's just the end of the world, man. It's just, this, thing's, this thing's about to burn up. All right, well, maybe it is. But for a Christian, you know what that means? I'm going home soon. I'm going to be with Jesus soon. Yeah, look, if this life is it for you, I'd be scared to death that we're approaching the end of the world. Hey, but for those of us who are saved, who have received Christ into our life, what a new perspective. We're going home soon. Man, so I only had three people excited on that one. I mean, I could get the, 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 the Smokies joke, okay? I know you didn't get that one, but man, can I tell you something this morning? Do you realize that if you're saved, the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, and you have the light of Christ in your life, and that ought to change your perspective. You shouldn't be walking around like a mule stepped in your face. You ought to have some joy and some peace in your life. Why? Because you've got Jesus. What does Jesus do? He makes the difference. He makes the difference. Brother Jason and I, Brother Jason gave us an illustration in Sunday school this morning about uh, how he has seen Christ uh, during this Christmas season. He saw a gentleman helping someone change their tire on the side of the road uh, this week. And and then on the way back through, uh, the gentleman had another flat tire about 20 miles down the road. uh, And that same guy had stopped there to help him. I I just have to believe this morning that guy was probably a Christian. Boy, can I tell you something? Christ will change your perspective. Suddenly, you're not focused on you. You're focused on others. Suddenly, you're not focused on how bad things are. You're focused on how good God is. That's what Jesus brings to your life because he changes everything. That's what life does. Uh, That's what light does. I want you to think about Bartimaeus this morning, all right? Oh, Bartimaeus lived most of his life in darkness. He did. He was blind. And then he hears that Jesus is coming along. And he says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to see. He wanted to have some light in his life. And all of a sudden, here comes his friends. Hey, calm down. You're embarrassing us. That's usually what happens when folks start getting close to Christ. It embarrasses their friends, all right? Maybe you have the wrong friends, all right? I'm just saying that. And then he hollered out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus comes over and heals him. And suddenly the light of Christ has illuminated his life. Do you know what he did right after that? He followed Christ. No longer was he sitting over uh, crying as a beggar. Now he has light in his life and now he's a follower of Christ. What happened? Jesus changed everything. This morning, can I tell you, it doesn't matter how bleak things may look in your life. Maybe your job looks bleak, your home looks bleak, maybe your kids look bleak. I don't know what may look bleak in your life, but boy, you invite Christ into it and the light of Christ into it, suddenly it changes your perspective. You ought to let Christ change everything. Matthew chapter 4, let me read this for you. Verse 16, the Bible says, The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the valley in the shadow of death, light is sprung up. That was you and I before we got saved. Now, notice these words, if you will, Matthew 4, 16. The Bible says that we sat in darkness. The Bible says we sat in the region of the shadow of death. That's a bleak place. I don't want to live there. And yet, that's where I was. And then suddenly, the Bible says something wonderful happened. The Bible says they saw a great light. The Bible says that there was a light that was shown in and it sprung up. You knew who that was? That was Jesus. You know what changed my life? You know what changed my life? It was, it was Jesus, brother buddy. It was Jesus. Do you know what changed my perspective? It's Jesus. 
And I'll be honest with you, the old perspective is still there. Trust me. This stuff right here, the old perspective is going to fight the new perspective. But oh, I'm so thankful for the new one. Why? Because I sat in that valley of the shadow of death. I sat in darkness. I was Bartimaeus, and yet I cried out to Jesus. He came and brought his light into my life, and he changed everything. He changed everything. I jokingly talk about it, but I'm serious. I was going to play in the NBA. I was. Laugh if you want, but I was. And my mom taught me I could be anything I wanted to be. And I'm an American and not an American. And I was going to play professional basketball. Even if it meant I sat on the bench, I was going to play, all right? I was going to be on the team. And boy, that night, June of 1995, when the Lord called me to preach, whether it was real or not to you, it was real to me. And I had to give it up. And now I get to preach the wonderful gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And people say, what got a hold of you? I want to tell you what got a hold of me. Christ changed my life. He changes everything. He changes your perspective. Here's what Satan wants for you this morning. Satan wants to keep you in the dark. He wants for life to be miserable and bleak and gloomy. That's where he wants to keep you this morning, in a place of misery. Can I give you some encouragement today? Christ not only came to bring me light, he came to bring you light. He not only wants to change your perspective, he wants to change your everything. He wants to change the way you live. He wants to change the way you see things. He wants to change the way that you see others. That's what he does because light changes everything. And oh, this morning, if you knew what he had to offer, you'd, you'd beg for it. You'd beg for it. Several years ago, we were in Montana, and uh, I won't call names because some of the young men are in this room. And we were staying on this man's property, and the man was a Native American, and he says, look, I'm going to put up a teepee. Would you guys like to help me? I said, yeah, I've never built a teepee. I'd like to help build one, and that way, if I ever get in trouble at home, you know, at least I know I can build a shelter and have a place to live, and and I said, boys, you're probably going to get in trouble at home. You ought to learn how to do this too. So we get out there and we start building a teepee on this gentleman's property. I'm talking about a bona fide teepee. I have some pictures. I'll show it to you uh, as we were building it. Here we are out there building this teepee. And he says, guys, since you worked so hard to build this teepee, would y'all like to spend the night in it? I have never spent the night in a teepee. I thought to myself, I think everybody needs to do that. Even though I'm a 40-year-old man, I, I want to spend the night in a teepee. And so me and some of the young men that are in this room decided we're going to sleep in that teepee that night. We get in that teepee and we all spread out our, 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 our sleeping bags and uh, close our eyes and begin to go to sleep. It was very short-lived, the sleep part. Won't call names. One of the young men evidently has some sinus issues and snored a lot. Uh, one of the young men had a cough and uh, I wanted to slingshot a cough drop down his throat before the night was over. One of the young men evidently carries on conversations with people in his sleep. And that bothered me just a little bit. I'm not going to call his name, but he's in this room right now. I kept looking over at him. You know, we're in a TP, spirits and all that. I'm trying to think, all right, who are you talking to? The ground was very lumpy. All right, we're out in this man's yard in a teepee. The ground is really lumpy. And then lo and behold, we're out west. A cold front comes through, and I'm freezing. So you got one kid snoring. One kid coughing, one kid talking to his imaginary friend. The ground is lumpy, and now it's cold. At the top of the teepee, there's a hole. And I'm staring up at that hole, praying for the light to come in, where I can get out of this prison that I am in with these young men. 
I laid there. I understand the scripture about those that wait for the morning. I was sitting there staring out the hole of that TP, waiting for the morning. Couldn't wait for the light to come in. Why? Because I needed a change in my life, okay? The change meant me being away from them. I didn't care if I had to go sleep in the ditch or in the church van. I just needed some change in my life, and I couldn't wait for the light to come in to bring some change. Can I tell you, that's you and I without Jesus. Misery. Misery. Hey, you think a kid talking in his sleep is is bad? No, being without Christ is sad. That's misery this morning. And oh, if you just knew what the light could bring to your life, oh, you'd beg for that light to come shining in. Why? Changes everything. This morning, whether you're lost or you're saved, can I tell you, Christ can make a daylight and dark difference in your life. But don't you notice something else? The Bible says, I am the light of the world. What is he saying? He's saying, I will bring about a difference. You invite Christ in, he'll bring a difference. That's what life, light does, it brings a difference. But wait a minute, he goes on a little further and elaborates a little more about who he is. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now watch this. When Christ and his light enter our life, it's not just a... A one-time thing where he brings change, he continues to change us. The Bible says, he that followeth me. Notice this relationship with Christ continues on even after he saves us. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Now, this is amazing. That as I follow Christ, we invite him in, we get saved, and we follow Christ. That as I follow Christ, you know what it does? It keeps me from darkness. What does it say? He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. So not only does Christ make a difference in our life. Number two, the second point this morning. Notice Christ brings deliverance. Not only does Christ make a difference, but Christ brings deliverance. Let me give you some statistics today. U.S. crime statistics, the most recent that I can get show that aggravated assaults over 54% occur at night. Sexual assaults over 60% occur at night. Manslaughter and murder over 65% occur at night. DUIs over 87% occur at night. Do you know what darkness does? Darkness provides great opportunity for danger. Darkness provides great opportunity for danger. Now, folks, hear me out. Whether we're talking about aggravated assault or DUI or, or think about this this morning, just navigating your living room in dark. Right now, our living room is in disarray as far as the furniture's moved from where it normally is. We had to put the Christmas tree in, and so the couches are moved and the chairs moved out of the way. And you try to navigate that at night. You're going to have a purple little toe. That's what's going to happen, or a big toe. Uh, and you're going to have to explain to your wife what that noise was. Well, that was me running into the couch. Now, normally... A living room is a safe place. That's why it's called a living room, not a dying room, okay? You got that one better than the little smokies, okay? Normally, a living room is a place where you can be comfortable at home, but can I tell you, darkness can make a living room dangerous. Think about going down the road without your headlights on. I I see folks every once in a while uh, come down Highway 49 or up Highway 49, they'll forget to have their headlights on. You're in grave danger if you ride without your headlights on give you a, a funny one. We were at uh, summer camp this year, 
and uh, we're out there. We had a light night, and the kids are out there with their glow sticks and all this. We're playing laser tag out there in the field, and I realized real quick the dangers of a black volleyball net at night when young people are running, <laughs> they're running through. So we're sitting back, and we're watching. All you can see is these glow sticks going everywhere. It's great watching them out there, and then all of a sudden you hear the most horrible noise. Boom. And you see this glow stick just stop and hit the ground. And I forget who I was with, whether AJ, maybe you, I can't remember who was out there. We, we started taking glow sticks and zip tying them to the volleyball net. Why? You know, a volleyball net is usually not a dangerous thing. A volleyball net is not something normally that will hurt you. But in darkness, a volleyball net can be deadly. Just ask some of our kids. I mean, we had kids with these checker marks on their face. <laughs> they go run into it. You see, darkness provides opportunity for danger. All right now, watch this scripture, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me, the Bible says, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I believe so many of the things that grieve us today and that we struggle with, I'm just going to tell you, based on my guinea pig of a life, so often things that I struggle with, things that hurt me, cause grief and confusion in my life, can I tell you where I get into them at? In the darkness, when I'm not following Christ. Do you know what Christ wants to do for you this morning? The same thing he wants to do for me. He wants to bring deliverance in my life from things that hurt me that I get into in the darkness. He says, well, how do you find deliverance from that? By following him. Because verse 12 says, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Have you ever stopped to consider how many things hurt you and you struggle with and bring confusion to your life and they're things that you got into when you quit following Christ? Because when we follow Christ, it delivers us from the dangers that are in darkness. Folks, it's like that big old bear trap. You used to watch Wiley e. Coyote. He'd set for the roadrunner. Y'all probably have no idea who that is, do you? Great cartoon, just real Americana cartoon, you know? And he'd set these bear traps, and it's got the great big old teeth, and he would always cover them up with leaves. What was he doing? He was hiding them. He didn't want you to see where it was, but he wanted to catch the roadrunner and bless his heart. He, he's probably got a complex today because he never caught the roadrunner. That's what Satan does for you. Satan sets the traps over in darkness. You can't see them. That's why it's imperative this morning that you and I follow Christ and stay close to the light. Because as we follow Christ in the light, he delivers us from the dangers of darkness. Oh, this morning that you and I would just let Christ in and his light show us the way that we should go. Think about 1 Peter 2.9. The Bible says that we are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are called out of darkness. Now, granted, here's what the devil will do. The devil will tempt you by letting you know that life is a whole lot more fun away from Christ. Can I ask you something this morning? Remember when Peter turned away from following Christ? Remember? And he forsook Christ. Remember the next time that Peter saw him? He got back to him as quick as he could. Can I, can I ask you this morning, if light, life in the darkness is so fun... Why do folks always come back? Why did the prodigal come back? If it was so great in the far country, why did he come back to his father? If Peter, listen, forsaking Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane was so great, why did he bail out of a boat to go be next to Christ and get back to him as quick as he could? It's because he found out there's dangers over here in the darkness. 
How do we deliver from those? Well, we're delivered by following Christ. What did he say? I'm the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Revelation chapter 3, we read about a church. I believe it's a church you can see all over America. You're not going to see it on their sign. But the church is Laodicea Baptist Church. In Revelation chapter 3, you read about a church who thought they were doing really, really well, and yet Jesus condemns them by saying, you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You know, Jesus could have just said, hey, you're not doing too well. But he says, you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He says, you've got off over here in the weeds, you're in the darkness, and now you're in trouble. What was his prescription for them to get back where they needed to be? Well, if you read verse 19, he uses a word we don't like to use in our society today, repent. Repent. Now, stick with me, if you will. This church at once was on the right way, and then suddenly they got off track going the wrong way and got over here in the ditch of darkness, and now they are wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. He says, the answer for you is just to reverse what you did to get in the ditch. How did they get in the ditch? They quit following Christ. He says, well, how do you get back out of the ditch? He says, repent. That means turn around, get back behind Christ, and get back in the light, and you won't step in so many traps. Folks, we're going to make mistakes, all right? It's not, it's not sinless perfection. We're not going to do it. But, oh, I'll tell you, you'll find yourself doing a whole lot better if you just walked right behind the light and stayed out of the darkness because that's where the dangers are at. There was a man, um, I got saved when I was a kid, and, um, you know, I just, uh, uh, the preacher would talk about going to visit people, so I'd, I'd want to go visit people. Mom and dad would let me go with this guy. His name was David. My sister remembers David. Horrible driver, horrible driver. Why my parents, they're out, they're out of town today, so I can say this. Why they let me ride with that guy, I do not know. Uh, I'm beginning to wonder now, you know. Um, and so David would drive me visit. I was 10, 11, 12 years old. We'd have revivals, we'd go out pass out flyers. We'd have VBS, we'd go pass out flyers. And so David would drive me. And uh, one day David came to pick me up. I still don't have a driver's license. And he drove this yellow LTD. If he's watching on live stream, I am so sorry, but I feel led to use this illustration, okay? He's driving this ugly LTD. If you ever had an LTD, hey, thank the Lord for it, but they were ugly, all right? It looked like a tank, a rectangle on wheels. It's just like a, like a Lincoln tank, you know? He pulled up to the driveway one day to pick me up, and his front hood, the front of his hood, was scraped and scratched. There was a dent right dead center of, of his grill. The grill was shattered. There was a dent in his hood, all the scratches and stuff. And I said, David, I said, what happened to your car? He says, I ran off the road. I'm like, what? Now, you know, normally when you run off the road, that doesn't happen, okay? Here is the problem. When he ran off the road, he stayed off the road. And he took out an entire cattle fence on Williamsburg Road in Covington County. I mean, he ran off the road, and rather than get back on the road for some reason, he just decided to take out seven or eight fence posts along the way, dragging barbed wire, scratching his car all up. He had a great spirit and a great attitude about it. But can I tell you something this morning? If you have left off following Christ for anything else, and you have found yourself off-road spiritually, the best thing you can do, get back on the road. Get back on the road. Look, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to mess up. We live in a flesh body that is cursed, and you will fight it until God takes us home. But oh, so often, the greater damage is done that when we get off the road, we stay off the road. 
and what happened to your home? What happened to your children? What happened to your spirit? What happened to your joy? Well, you made a mistake. We're all going to do it. If David, a man after God's own heart, can make a mistake like he made, oh, you and I, listen, we're toast. We're toast. When we leave off following Christ, can I tell you what he wants to do for us? Watch what he says. I am the light of the world. Watch, I'm going to bring a difference to your life. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Do you know what he wants to do this morning? He wants to restore us. But the answer is it's kind of hard. What's the answer this morning? Well, the answer is we're going to have to get out of the ditch and get back following Christ. That's where we went wrong. That's where we messed up. We quit following Christ who is the light. We got off over here in the ditch of darkness and that's where the dangers engulfed our life. I think that's why Nehemiah said this. Here's Nehemiah up on the wall. He's working, doing the will of God and here come the enemies of God trying to get him to come down, come down, come down. Nehemiah says, I can't come down. Why? The work will cease. But then he goes on to say, but they thought to do me mischief. They thought to do me mischief. Look, if you're following Christ this morning and those voices from the darkness and the ditches are calling you over, could I just encourage you this morning, they think to do you mischief. Mischief. And then the work of God in your life is going to cease and you're going to miss out on seeing all that God desired to do. I'm amazed this morning that Christ gives us a little more glimpse of his character in verse 12. Here's what he says. I am the light. What does light do? It makes a difference. Can I ask you something this morning? Lost or saved, why don't you let Christ into the center of your life? You say, well, well I'm already saved. Hey, is Christ in the center of your marriage? You say, well, my, my marriage seems gloomy and uh, my relationship with my kids is rocky. Can I tell you, it'll change your perspective. If you just bring Christ right there in the center of things. Listen, we're trying to figure out how to fix our homes in darkness. You're not going to be able to figure that out. We're trying how, how to figure out how to, to grow our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, but we're still in the ditch. Get out of the ditch. Why? Because Christ wants to bring a difference to that. But oh my goodness, this morning, say you're not where you need to be and Christ is not the center of your life. Can I tell you what you ought to do? You ought to get back behind him again. Get out of that ditch. As we unwrap this gift of Christ, you ought to let Christ make a difference in your life today. Let him make a difference in your life. See, how much of a change does he want to make? Well, it's a daylight and dark difference. It's a daylight and dark difference. If you're here this morning and you're saved, can I ask you, are you following Christ? Do you know what you find in life is going to be a direct result of what you follow? What you find is going to be a direct result of what you follow. Oh, I beg you this morning, follow Christ. Now look, it's not going to be easy following Christ, but I promise you this morning, oh, it's nothing compared to what happens when you get off into the ditches of darkness. Christ says this morning, here's what I want to do. I want to bring light into your life and change everything. And this morning, if you say, well, I'm saved and I've left off following Christ, could I just encourage you, let him deliver you. You say, boy, I would love to have deliverance. Get out of the ditch. Get out of the ditch. You say, well, I wish God would deliver me from what I'm dealing with and what I'm struggling with. Listen, the answer is what he told the church at Laodicea. Repent. Just get back to him. That's the truth this morning. Just get back behind Christ. He is the light, and oh, my soul, he'll change our perspective on everything. Folks, he's an unspeakable gift. We'll never describe it all today. But I do know one thing. He says he's a light. Light changes everything. He says if we'll follow him, he'll deliver us from anything. 
Here's our question this morning. How bad do we want it? How bad do we want it? Our heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. There's a free gift for you today, and his name is Jesus.